The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by Combank. With many Australians recovering from the devastation caused by the bushfires, as well as coping with the economic impact of coronavirus, this year Commonwealth Bank staff will give away more than 200 grants to community organisations and charities across Australia. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Larissa Moore. It's Monday the 17th of August. In your squiz today, the problem with postal votes for the US election, some cautious COVID optimism, the March for Freedom in Belarus and a record-breaking swim. This is your squiz today. With candidates and running mates locked in for the US 2020 election, attention is now starting to focus on exactly how the election will be run. In light of these COVID times, it's thought that postal votes could account for up to 50% of the ballots. But the US Postal Service is flagging significant problems with such a jump, Claire, warning states that millions of mail-in ballots could fail to arrive in time to be counted. Last election, there were 25% of votes cast by mail. This time, pundits are saying it could be as high as 50% of votes, and that's going to put pressure on the US Postal Service. It's debt-ridden, it's under a lot of pressure, uh, but stepping back for a bit, you can't really compare it to Australia's postal voting system. Mm. Uh, To start with, we have one federal election body called the Australian Electoral Commission with one set of rules, and it's pretty simple. But in the US, the poll is conducted by state election authorities, and they each have different approaches. But long story short, some states are moving to allow more people to mail in their vote. Of course, in this era of coronavirus, that's something uh, that they see as beneficial. Someone who has a big problem with postal votes is President Donald Trump. He's opposed to more states opening up the process to it, saying that universal mail-out voting would be catastrophic. Why is that? He says that means that the election is going to be subject to more fraud, but experts reject that. Some say, though, the real issue in play is the theory that more mail-in voting will boost the chances of his rival Democratic candidate Joe Biden. Again, the jury's out on that. But what's happening behind the scenes is that Trump is doing whatever he can to block uh, mail-in voting's expansion. He's blocked funding to the United States Postal Service. He did that late last week, and that incited a wave of outrage from Democrats and also from those who generally oppose Trump. Also, he's put a mate into the job of Postmaster General at the Postal Service. Louis DeJoy is his name. He's undertaken an organisational overhaul that has seen all sorts of cutbacks in the Postal Service. It's going to be one that gets a lot of attention in the coming weeks because it is so critical to the successful conduct of the US election. There'll be lots to come in US politics this week. The Democrats will be holding their pre-election convention. That's where they confirm their nominations. Lots will be taking place online instead of in person. Some are calling it the world's most ambitious Zoom call. Taking a look now at COVID news, Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews is cautiously optimistic that stage four lockdown measures could ease in mid-September. That comes as the seven-day average of new cases is coming down. If you have a look at it on a graph, it really did spike about a week ago and it started to come down in the last few days. So fingers crossed that that is the case. There were 582 new cases and 20 deaths in Victoria recorded over the weekend. Someone else who is cautiously but genuinely optimistic is Health Minister Greg Hunt and that's on a vaccine being available sometime next year. 
We're getting to some international news now with mass protests taking place in Belarus. If you don't have your world globe handy, it's a country in between Poland and Russia, also bordered by Lithuania, Latvia and Ukraine. Tens of thousands have hit the streets to protest against the recent election results in what they're calling the March for Freedom. President Alexander Lukashenko has been in power for 26 years. There was an election on the 9th of August. He won that with 80.1% of the vote. Tens of thousands of people, as you say, have taken to the streets just overnight in that March for Freedom. It comes after authorities cracked down on protests last week. They say that the election was rigged and they've just had enough of the bloke. Uh, There's also concern that Vladimir Putin, as a neighbour, as you say, Um, could step in and actually take a bigger role in Belarus, which of course concerns those pro-democracy protesters. Lukashenko is known as the last dictator in Europe. He's also been condemned by the European Union for violence and repression in the past. Over to Lebanon now and FBI agents from the US have arrived at the government's invitation to investigate the cause of the August 4 blast that killed 180 and injured thousands of others. Protesters there were adamant that a thorough and transparent investigation has to take place, which by definition means uh, not being done by the Lebanese government. Uh, Lots of interest though too that the FBI is the one that is coming in to do that. There are several investigations taking place, but of course having American in that region uh, really has raised the eyebrows of some, particularly those uh, who say that it's a close ally of Israel. uh, And there are quite a few people who think that Israel might be involved in it, of course, all completely unfounded speculation. Mm. But it just goes to how complicated relationships are there. A message now from our podcast partner, meal kit delivery service, Marley Spoon. Mondays with Marley Spoon are all about making it easy to get your week organised so you can cook meals worth eating eating every night. An example of that ease is their beef and feta tagliatelle with oregano tomato sauce, a good option to feed the whole family. Other great family-friendly options include a cauliflower butter chicken or a good old bangers and mash with gravy and greens. There's a link to browse these recipes and more in your episode notes. It's worth noting that their subscription is flexible, which means you can order when you want and skip, pause or cancel anytime. New customers can use the code THESQUIZ to get 20 off each of the first four boxes by going to marleyspoon.com.au. Back home now, and one husband who's definitely in the good books is Mark Rapley. He jumped on a great white shark and punched it until it let go of his wife. An incredible rescue, Claire. Just an incredible story and, of course, very brave of him to do that. He says that his wife, Chantelle Doyle, was very, very brave in the way that she was able to keep herself together and get to shore and she's in now a stable condition in hospital. It's amazing to see that community pull together behind uh, that couple. Uh, One, I like the understatement of the year, the Chief Executive of New South Wales Life Saving called it a pretty full-on and really (laughs) heroic and, of course, it is that. Yeah, pretty incredible. Another Aussie legend is swimmer Chloe McArdle. She's beaten the men's record for the most English Channel crossings as she completed the swim for the 35th time. 35 times going from England to northern France. She made that swim uh, late yesterday in 10 hours and 40 minutes. She had to get an exemption to leave Australia under those COVID restrictions to get there. Her trip was said to be in the national interest, and I think it is. She's claimed mm-hmm. that record. That's an amazing thing to do. She's got 
got a few more to go, though. She wants to break the overall record, which is held by a woman called Alison Streeter. Uh, she did that crossing 43 times. That's amazing. Only nine more to go for Chloe if she wants to grab that record. And every day you give us a subject line that relates to something in the news. What have you got for us today? Gone for Bruce Springsteen's um, Oh, 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 I'm on Fire. That's a song you might recall, Larissa. I don't know. You girls are too young I for At least these know ones. who Bruce Springsteen well, is. <laughs> well, that's a start, I guess. It comes because Melbourne's Bayside City Council area has a proposal to ban barbecues and fires that burn in backyards uh, using solid fuel. It's had a handful of complaints from people saying the smoke's a bit much, but there is outrage and uproar about that being un-Australian. And by a handful, it's an average of three complaints a year. So, <laughs> I yes, you can understand the uproar. Lots to be heard on Talkback Radio today, I bet, down in Melbourne. If there was ever a topic more suited to Talkback Radio, <laughs> I'd really like to hear that's it. That's it. And that's all from us for your Monday. Enjoy your day and we will be back with you tomorrow. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Sometimes it can feel like retirement is a long way off, but whether it's two years or 20 years away, it's important to make sure your super fund is working for you. Aware Super is one of Australia's largest super funds and offers heaps of free tools and tips on its website for Aussies looking to get their super sorted and put a plan in place for their retirement. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. AU.